I'm not a queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not? A Queer Podcast. Episode 28. My notes say here. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. I lost the week. I put 27 on it. We're, uh, we're much like a certain friend of ours. Once we reach 27, we're 27 forever. <laughs> <laughs> so 28. I, j- I just looked it up. That's like, um, I mean, in years. I don't yeah. imagine we'll in- reach 28 years of doing this. Anything's possible, but so we're going with episode twenty-eight. It's the orchid, the orchid episode. Oh, it's funny because if you attend one of Watermark's third Thursdays, you have a chance to win a big, beautiful orchid. You do, yeah. It's huge, huge. Takes huge. Takes twice as long to kill it. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am. uh, uh, I am terrible at keeping things alive, and uh, I was lucky enough to win the orchid a couple of third Thursdays ago. And killed it within 24 hours. I got home. <laughs> did you did you put it in the oven? Basically, I forgot it in my car. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I went back the next day, and it was dead. Yeah, it's and, not uh, going to fare well in that. No, no. So uh, it was the first uh, victim, at least that I'm aware of, uh, personally, that affected me um, to the heat of Florida. I left my baby in the car no, and it so, died. I'm like, I'm sure there's some kind of joke that's highly inappropriate about that. But you wanna you wanna take your orchids out of the car. Yes. And I mean, I would think any of your uh plant babies, don't leave any of them in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you could take a picture and put it in your car. Sure. You know, yeah. like a like top gun. Or fake flowers. If you if you're like me and you kill everything that you come in contact with, get some fake flowers, put them in your car. Yeah, that works well. Just make sure you dust them every once in a while. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, you don't want people to know they're fake. Indeed. <laughs> so, right, so what are you drinking today? I am drinking. Um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about um, the most expensive bottle of wine that I ever bought, personally for myself, or that m- recently in recent years, uh, I spent thirty dollars on a bottle of wine. I usually go eight to nine dollars, um, but I bought it because it was a buy one get one. And uh, this is the get one that we're drinking today. Ah, right on. Uh, so Ventriloquist uh, Red Blend. And uh, it's pretty good so far. From Lake County, California. Um, let's see if it says what it's a blend of. Ripe, juicy, fresh fruits with a note of sweet vanilla. <laughs> so You know what that reminds me of? I don't know. Have you seen this? Um the commercials. Um, the guy that did Blackish, uh, he also did a game show. Anthony Edwards. Anthony. No. no Anthony Goose. Andrews. <laughs> Anthony An- Edwards is Goose from Top Gun. Um, he. Anthony Anderson. He does this show where he takes his mom to Europe. Yes. And so it's like for six weeks, and they travel France, Italy, all that, all that stuff. And I guess his the point of it is he's trying to to sophisticate her in some kind of a way. In her words, she says she's ghetto fabulous, so she's never going to be sophisticated. Yeah. But he takes her to a... Me and you both. Me and you both. <laughs> takes takes her to a winery, and the guy is uh, pour, pours a glass of wine and tells her to take a sip of it. And she takes a sip of it, and he's like, what do you taste? You know, expecting her to be like, like hints of vanilla or maybe some nut or fru- fruity whatever. She goes, I taste wine. <laughs> Indeed. That's what I taste when I th- – you know what's uh, funny is that actor, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson? That doesn't sound right. I don't know. He's. We had this discussion last week, and I looked him up, and I forgot his name again. 
I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. Oh my god, did I tell that exact same story last week? Or were, no, no, no. I you told, told you. it to me okay. privately, <laughs> and then we are resharing it with the audience. Like, oh my god, don't call in a wellness check. But um, if I, I the story. as I'm in my office and I'm working along each day, I have uh, CNN on in the background, and he does a commercial that comes on CNN all the time about the dangers of diabetes, and I cannot watch him and laugh at his comedy because all I hear is his voice in my head saying. If you're not careful, you'll die of diabetes. And I'm like, why are you so angry in that commercial? It's sad. I guess he has diabetes. But he's talking about how you need to keep it under control or you'll die. And I was like, mm, that's not the stand-up I've come to to love and appreciate from it's, you. It's also a far cry from the diabetes commercial when I was a kid. Wilfred and, Brimley. No, even before oh. that, there was a, there were a bunch of kids um, <laughs> swimming in like a community pool. And I don't know. Maybe it was diabetes camp or something. I don't know. But this girl yells... She goes, we all have diabetes, and then she jumps in the air into the bull. It was way happier than, like, you're going to die from diabetes. Yeah, my experience, other than a family history of diabetes, um, is <laughs> Wilford Brimley eating right. some oatmeal, and he was like, I got the diabetes. He died. <laughs> Oh. Also, we're recording this a few moments after finding out Pee Wee Herman also died. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's been rough. Pee Wee Herman, Shanae O'Connor died yes. late last week, and... Um, Tony Bennett, there's your three. Yeah, it always comes. Celebrity deaths, they say, always come in three. And there's your three. Did I ever tell you that uh, when I lived in New York, the phone number I have used to be Tony Bennett's phone number? Really? Yeah, and we used to get calls for him all the time. From Tony Bennett? For him. Oh, it's like he would just yeah. randomly call yeah, his yeah. number. He would just call me and say like, "Hey, this is my old number. Do I have any messages?" Uh, that would be awesome. No, it, it, we just all the time. And then finally, one time, somebody called. And they're like, listen, you know, we want to hire Tony Bennett to do this show and blah, blah, blah. And and we were going to say, like, OK, well, we'll have him call you back. But I'm going to need you to send a couple thousand dollars retainer. <laughs> oh, you're but dancing we- into criminal activity <laughs> with that one. <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't. Um, yeah. Any any uh, any celebrities call in? Like you get a call from like Frank Sinatra. You'd be like, Tony, listen. No, I'm going to imagine that anybody that he really wanted to have his number, he would have updated, you know. True. Could you imagine if you got a call from Frank Sinatra? He's like, listen, I've knocked up Mia Farrow, and I think this kid's mine. <laughs> it's not. Apparently, he's Woody Allen's. Yeah. Anyway. His his niece's daughter. His, uh, oh. ooh, there's a whole show we can do on that. I know, and I know that this is sort of not – I don't think we're ready to talk about this yet, but I but I think that since since our last podcast, um, Kevin Spacey was acquitted of all. Yeah, uh, well, of the charges in England. Yes, um, I have found that uh, with a lot of the the celebrities and famous folks tied into the Me Too movement, uh, it's all, it's more than one lawsuit they're all fighting. So yeah, <laughs> he got one. I'm sure he's got several more uh, that are coming for him. I don't know if acquitted was is the right word, or he was just found. He was not found lost. innocent. Yeah, not guilty, because it was a criminal trial. So he was he was acquitted. I don't know why I, I related that to what we were just talking about, but um, Kevin so, Spacey and oh Woody Allen. Yeah, oh that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> um, so we know that Pee Wee Herman he died of cancer. Yes. What Sinead O'Connor? Does anybody know? No, I don't think they've said, but um, I think that people are leaning towards it might might have been um, uh, suicide, possibly because she does have a history of uh, 
uh, mental health issues mm. and she has attempted suicide um, a few years ago her son died through by suicide and um, I believe he was 17 so um, from what I've been reading she hasn't been doing w- mm. real well since then um, so it's rumored but I don't think that, that they've officially, officially made a statement um, Tony Bennett was not suicide he was Oh, what he's been—he's been very public about um, his bout. Was it dementia? Is that what he had? I don't remember. I don't know. Alzheimer's. I don't know something. But that—that's what what got him singing with Lady Gaga. Oh, I don't think that would kill him. That would bring me alive. <laughs> I do love her. I don't uh, know that I really care for um, Tony Bennett's music, but I loved her. I—I I was raised. Um, surrounded by my mom's side of the family who are all New Yorkers or Italians from New York. Mm. So people like Tony Bennett and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, we were required to like. <laughs> you know, there was no option not to like and listen to them. You know, in talking about uh, uh, about Sinead O'Connor and that she may have died by suicide, but but nobody knows. You know, if it if it wasn't that then I feel bad, you know, for her yeah. that that's the talk. When I when I first stopped drinking, uh, you know, I had I had been arrested and, uh, you know, had to go through this whole program and then during this program discovered that I was an alcoholic and that I shouldn't drink anymore. I drove so carefully for yeah. like the next six months because I thought for sure if I die in a car accident right now, somebody's going to say, we knew it always happened. He must have been yeah. drunk. I'm... I'm smiling and laughing, but not at that. Because as you're saying that, um, there's a there's a storm going on right now. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flash of lightning. And for a moment in my head, I thought, what if the building gets struck by lightning? We're both electrocuted, but instead of dying, we are swapped into each other's <laughs> body. <laughs> um, and I, my first thought was like, what's the first thing you would do is me? Um Drink. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't care too. Uh, you're already you're already drinking if you're me, so uh, you might as well just finish off the glass. And, I don't uh, know. Like, if we had to swap bodies, I think that I would like take a shower with like underwear on or, or something. Oh yeah, like, I, I I wouldn't want to know. It's like, <laughs> like you know what? Just I'm too close to you. I don't want to know what's down there. <laughs> Same. Um, I certainly am not going home to Dylan until this is all worked out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah. So anyway, how did your week go? Uh, my week was great. Yeah. Um, you know, let's. You threw me off guard because I usually ask you first. <laughs> I go first this time. It's well, no, I'm asking you because in the body swap, I am now you. So now oh. as you, as me, I'm asking you, as me, what did you do this oh, week? Oh, it was great. I got wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I got wasted. I went to Publix and bought a bag of chicken wings. Ooh, tzatziki sauce. <laughs> um, we're not going to get into that. I was informed by a listener when we discussed that, that we should avoid topics <laughs> that involve. Was it the same listener? Because I had somebody tell me that, too. It probably couldn't have been. Oh no, no! I I imagine it wasn't. Maybe it was. I don't know. You might hang out with them. Should we Should we tell people that we we listen to feedback? We do. And so, what and we're if you gonna... don't want us to talk about bowel movements, we will not talk about bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so what we're doing this time is we've got a clock. We um, do. Yes. And we're gonna not let this go another hour and fifty two minutes. 
Yes, we are going to stay on time. We are. So Some... quickly, what did you do this week? <laughs> <laughs> so we did a couple of things at the same time. So we're going to so we'll we'll talk about those things together, I guess. Okay. But I'll just talk about what I did um that was different for me. Sure. That you did not do. Yeah. I went to my 30-year high school reunion. I was not there. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> that is exciting. I mean, is it exciting? I mean, I, and I I've, I've tell people this all the time because it's like, you know, getting older sucks. I mean, there's a, there's some perks to it, I guess, but there's a lot of n- no perks. Um, <laughs> like, what's the perk? What's the opposite of a perk? Um, you get to work harder with no end in sight. You get to... I don't know. I'll come up with a list of things that are actually good about aging. But one of the oh, here it is. That's what I'm going to talk about. Is my, <laughs> my 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 motto is it's better than the alternative. You may have to go to your 30 year high school reunion, but at least you get to go to your 30 year high school reunion. It's interesting that you should say that. So this is something I learned at my 30 year high school reunion. So I graduated Winter Park High School in 1993, which. Water Park High School was probably a mile and a half from where we're sitting right now. It's really, it's really not far at all. And um, you know, Water Park Wild Wildcats, lots of fun. I I loved high school a lot. I've been to all of the reunions, and I went to this reunion and found out that someone that I was good friends with in high school passed away a couple of years oh. ago. And it was really, it were there were three of us that were sort of inseparable. Except the, the the person who passed away, there was a little bit of a falling out towards the end of high school, you know. But um, I was surprised, and I I handle situations with humor inappropriately, and so I immediately made a joke, and the response to everybody at the table who gasped looked at me and said, "You're going to hell." <laughs> I was like, "It's a joke." You gotta you gotta know your audience. Read the room. Maybe oh, dying is funny to them. They they gasp, they laughed, and then oh. they said I was going to hell. Ah, gasp, laugh, go to hell is a good combo. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a, a good combo. Yeah, gasp, go to hell, gasp, bad. Combo. Oh no, no, not bad, bad. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. Have you ever been to your reunions? No, no, I hated high school. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I almost went to my. Um, I don't even know if they do ten year reunions. That seems like a very short amount of time. Looking back now. But yeah. when the, my tenure was approaching, I had just gotten out of the military, and I was super thin and hot and looked really good. So I, I contemplated going, and then I was like, I'm not going to waste money driving back down. Because I was living up in Georgia at the time. I wasn't going to waste my money driving down to Plant City to, to, to tell those folks, hey, I betted myself. <laughs> I didn't care for high school, so. You know what's interesting is you, well, you, you will come up twice in my stories about high school. Which is funny. So well, Yeah, we'll get to those. Um, but uh, what do I want to say about it? The the interesting thing, we, we, we did them like every five. I think it was a five, 10, 15, 20. I think it was, and then at, we didn't do a 25, but we did a 30. And I think they're talking about doing a 35. Uh, it's just interesting to see how some people, like you will feel like you're in your 20s. I yeah. think that people mostly feel like they're 20 something all the time. Even though you may have a little back pain here and there, your knee might be sore, you don't feel mentally yeah, like you're the yeah. age that you are. You I just mean, feel we're, we're in our 40s, and when I don't know about you, but when I was in my 20s, 40s seemed like such old people. And now I'm like, fuck you, I'm not old. 100%. I mean, I remember being 27 years old, working at Watermark as an administrative assistant, and I remember that my boss was turning 40, my immediate boss, and that the owner of the company was turning 50. And I remember just thinking, like, 
how, how they were old. Why and, are and, you still working? You're so old. And, in fact, like, <laughs> I know, shouldn't this be a retirement party? <laughs> and then, I mean, I remember saying this in a, in a meeting, you know, like, oh, he was much older. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody who's 50, and the person I'm talking about was like 49. And yeah. I'm like, oh, they were much older. And they were like, careful now. And I went, they were just slightly older than me. <laughs> you know, so it's it's weird. Like you just so anyway, you go to you go to this reunion and there's a handful of people who look identical to the way they looked in high school. I like to consider myself one of those. I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I've never seen you in high school, but sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you look like heaven aged. But then other people looked like mm. they are parents of people that I went to high school with. Yeah. So it was it was interesting. And then we spent like a good I don't know. Well, the whole evening really. Like I'd be in a conversation with somebody, but I'm just so distracted by looking around and trying to figure out why how I knew somebody. I mean, there were seven hundred and fifty students in our graduating class. Yeah. So there's no way I'm gonna remember all of them. Um, but you know, there were people who come up and tell you stories. I had, this, I had this great story about me. I was a really nice guy in high school, apparently. Were I you? No idea. Um, but I hear these stories, and I'm like, "That sounds." <laughs> I say that's right. Oh, really? you were? You're, you're, you're not nice. nice. You're so different. <laughs> um, it, it's fascinating. Like this, this one girl. I guess we did a lock-in one night where they just you, you, you go to this building and you're all locked in. And there's activities to do all night. Yeah, you stay in there yeah. all night. And then churches in the morning, do those a lot. Yeah. And then in the morning, we we went to Disney, and apparently, one girl who was who I was friends with, her boyfriend had cheated on her, and that night. Uh. Cheated during in that thing, locked in in oh. a different room with somebody, Ooh. and so then, cheated. I mean, is it high school cheated? Like, oh my god, you kissed my boyfriend, or did they like bang in a classroom? I don't know. See, this is the difference between a publisher and an editor. <laughs> I would ask the important questions. <laughs> would you, would you have looked this girl in the eye and said thirty years ago? This guy. I'm not proud of it, but I would have. Yes. I'm like, do are we talking kissing or? I I don't know. I assumed full on, but now that you asked the question and knowing who's involved, I'm yeah. gonna guess maybe it was kissing. Oh, okay. Because um, yeah. in high school, if you kiss, if your your significant other kiss somebody else, it's like my heart's broken. You cheated on yeah. me. Yeah. I'm yeah. older now. I'm like, whatever. Kiss whoever you want. Yeah. <laughs> now would be like, hey, good for you. Good for you. You got some. Um, so then we went to Disney the next day, and I was helping her flirt with all of the the uh, employees that were cute. Oh, very nice. No memory of that. You're a good wingman. Yeah, apparently I was. And I had several people tell me how sweet I was and how I have sweet eyes and I was the nicest guy. I just don't – I don't know. I feel like my memory of me in high school was that I would make jokes at anyone's expense – Mm. to to make sure people weren't laughing at me yeah right and that i was gay and i was i was somewhat hiding it in the beginning part of it or pretty much hiding it and i just didn't want people to know about me i didn't want anyone to focus on me and yeah. figure out that i was gay so i would just make all kinds of jokes and i was like i thought i was just like the chandler bing of the group and, yeah and but apparently i was nice um, I was the same way in high school, except instead of being the one like you who made the jokes, I was the one that you made jokes about. <laughs> the you in our school. Uh, um, yeah, I, was I was very like, quiet. Not you specifically. We I didn't go to the not, same high school. Now, I did not. I did not bully anybody. <laughs> I did not go up. And, I would not have gone up to somebody and said yeah. anything. I didn't. Now, I'm know. not saying you did. However, I have talked to people who 
were jokey in high school and were like, oh, yeah, we had a really good time. We used to joke and didn't realize that they were the bully. Now, I'm not saying that's how you are, but there are people who are very jokey and they're like, no, I was just fun. And it's like, no, you were a total dick. Mm, see, now I have manners. I would do it behind your back. <laughs> see, that's nice. <laughs> they uh. were right. I was sweet. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought was fascinating about it is that there was a girl that came up to me and told me that she was in love with me in high school. Oh, interesting. And she said, I never I never knew why you weren't interested in me. She said, until the 20-year high school reunion, I was dating somebody else at the time, and I had gone there. And she's like, and then it all clicked. And But she just wasn't part of my inner circle, I think, because all of my friends in theater, they all knew I was gay, especially at the end. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I was coming out to – I would come out to somebody, and they're like, yeah, we all know. Like, one person knew and told everybody. Uh, so I was surprised she didn't know. But she did go in, so I introduced her to to Dylan. Uh, you know, when she told me this, I don't know mm-hmm. what to say when somebody says that. Twenty years ago, or thirty years ago, I was in love with you. You Thanks. say thirty years ago, I was into Vanilla Ice. <laughs> you know what I told her? I said that I didn't know that I didn't know that at the time. But if she had told me, here's how I would have explained it. Because here's how I explained it to somebody else. There was a girl that was in love with me that was crying, and she said, "I don't know why you won't go out with me." And I said. Do you know Mounds and Almond Joy? Yeah. And she, and she says, yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And she's like, yeah. And I said, I always feel like a nut. Oh. And she goes, oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> I know it sounds weird to say now. Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, it's uh, it was topical back then. The commercials yeah. were new. I said I made jokes. <laughs> I said I made jokes back then. I didn't say that they were good. Uh, so, so I introduced her to Dylan, and then she goes on to tell Dylan how nice and sweet I was, and how I had these nice eyes. And then she says, and "This made me laugh so hard." She says, "Even though he had acne all over his face, oh, like from his neck up to his face on his forehead, everywhere acne oh. all." She kept saying it all over. And Kids I, can be so cruel. <laughs> <laughs> With the sweetest look on her face, the sweetest smile. And I just was like, I started laughing. And she's like, I just knew underneath all of that was this amazing person. And I'm like, <laughs> under all your hideous flaws, I'm sure there was a good looking fella under there. Uh, now, if you're listening to this, it's very sweet. I'm just, you know, it's just how I heard it all. It made me laugh. Because I had terrible acne. In yeah. School. Until I mean, my mid twenties, it was terrible. Well, I had. You can't understand. Terrible. We lived in the, uh, went to school in the late eighties and nineties. We didn't have proactive until like eighties and ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, but I don't. Even then, I wouldn't have. Been, my family would not have been able to uh, afford it. Do you know what it was? So I'm just a tangent. This is why we have two hour long things because mm-hmm. I just go on tangents. The I went to the doctor when I was twenty three years old. And I had cystic acne, so it was like all over my face, all over my shoulders, my chest. I was just covered in it. And I, I had a cold, and I went to the doctor, and she's like, has anybody ever addressed this acne? And I'm like, you mean like, I mean like people all the time stop me, would stop me on the street. That's how bad it was. Mothers would stop me on the street and say, my kid has acne really bad too, and here's why it helps him. And I'm just like, every time it was mortifying. She's like, yeah, go buy a, a bar of Dial Gold Soap. It's got to be Gold Dial Soap. Yeah. And just use that. And, like, instantly, it all went away. Antibacterial. That's what it is. Well, and it was like there was nothing in it. It was it was just the gold. No perfumes. No nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, I used that from the time I was 23 
until probably about six months ago, I started <laughs> using like an Aveeno body wash. I figure I'm probably beyond it now. We'll see. I guess so. <laughs> you just stopped, stopped your regimen. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I have. I had bad acne, so I um, I started using Proactive back in the '90s. It's you know, uh, if you all want to sponsor us, you're fantastic and you worked. Uh, but it cleared me right up, and I used that forever. What did Proactive? Oh, you used that? Yeah. Um, my parents were nice enough to buy it for me, and uh, you were rich. We were we were wealthy middle class back in the nineties. This was we're talking. Uh, I mean, that was expensive stuff when it Clinton, came out. Clinton era middle class, so we weren't too bad. I mean, we weren't rich, but um, my parents realized. You got to understand, when I was in high school, I was not only a fat kid, but um, I had been born with a um, a cyst on my temple that was like the size of a golf ball. So I had like a lump on my head. My jaw was under underdeveloped because there was a lot of complications. My mother had appendicitis when she was pregnant with me. Uh, my jaw didn't develop, so I had a half-inch gap between my upper teeth and my lower teeth. I looked like a freak, and they were like, listen, we can do something about the acne. Buy the poor kid proactive. It's rough enough for him out there. I'm sorry. You were describing an SNL character. Yeah. I, I looked like a Quasimodo. I, I, if the- I would have had a hump, I could have played Quasimodo every year. If the school decided they to do have, hunchback, they would have saved so much money on they makeup, would, no makeup cost. or anything. So I'm curious, yeah, that it like did food fall out of your mouth when you would eat? Um, well, I have lips, so I would close oh. the lips. <laughs> <laughs> but I could not eat a sandwich because I would take a bite of the sandwich, the bread would come out, and the meat, and the uh, cheese, and everything yeah. would stay in. So I'd have to stick it on the side of my mouth because my teeth only met in the back. So I would have to, like, stick it in the side or I'd have to cut it into pieces and eat it. Now, there are there are things that that could be beneficial for. Eating a Twix, if you like to eat the <gasps> Ooh, stuff off of yeah. the cookie, uh, corn on the cob. Just- yeah. Oh. Trust me, I've had plenty <laughs> in my day corn on the cob. Um, and I learned a few skills. No, um... <laughs> Yeah, it. Um, I think you're going to get another message of things gonna, not to talk about. On the- listen, can you keep your corn cob eating skills to yourself? Uh, no, but it, it, so the reunion was great. It was so nice to hang out with some some friends, made connections with some new people that weren't out but are out now. So it was really oh, great. nice, nice. What about you? How was your week? I'll go fast because I only have three minutes. No, oh, you <laughs> I know, and then we still have other things to talk about. This is why we have. We we had we had thought about three things to research and talk about. I oh, only researched right. two. We've got backup in case, yeah. but yeah, I um, only researched two because I'm like, there's no way. Um, it was good. Uh, this past weekend, I went up to Palm Coast. Uh, my uncle and aunt live up there, uh, and my uncle is retiring. So, um, we went and celebrated his retirement. Um, it was a, a dual celebration because not only was he retiring, um, but his son just graduated. Uh, from uh, he went into the Air Force. He just graduated basic training and tech school. So um, he was back on his hiatus before he heads up to Virginia. So we went up there, had a good time. Um, the, um, we had a lot of kids in the family who came, and my aunt uh, feels bad because every time they have a, a get-together, there's nothing for the kids to do because there's no little kids in their house anymore. So she rented um, a giant water bouncy house with slides, and my two brothers, my younger brother, my older brother, I um, was not going to attempt to tackle this water slide. Um, but they decided to have a good time and jump around it and flop <laughs> down the slides. <laughs> Got plenty of video for incriminating evidence. Those can be torture devices. They can. They, they get c- really hot. Yeah. And th- when you're a big fella, 
um, I saw this TikTok, and it's like, you know, um, uh, funny laughing at fat people, I guess, TikTok little uh, videos. But there was one where this big guy, he's at a pool party, and he goes to go down a fiberglass slide and falls through the middle of it, and it crashes and splashes into a million pieces. And everybody's laughing, and they're like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And I was like, never again <laughs> will I ever go on a slide unless, first, I lose some weight, or I know what it's rated. <laughs> I need to know the weight rating on these yeah. slides before and, I get on And if I can confiscate all cameras. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it was a good time. I haven't seen them in a little bit. Um, uh, so uh, we got to hang out, and it was a really good time. Um, so did that, and then uh, the day before Friday – um, went out to the Orlando Family Theater, which is the old uh, Orlando rep, mm-hmm. um, and they were doing HIV. I forget what the name of the. There's so many days dedicated to things, but it's like HIV testing awareness. Um, and uh, uh, there's an organization here in Orlando called Decolonize Decolonize Art, um, and they um, they do a lot of interpretive um, theater and stuff. Mm. So um, I went there. Um, I was asked to. Um, participate in the uh, quilt ceremony. They did the, the AIDS quilt ceremony. And then um, I had asked you initially and say, hey, you should come, but you had, had made plans. And then once the event started, I knew that it was a good, <laughs> good thing you didn't show up because uh, one thing I do know about you is that you hate audience participation. With a passion. And I am sitting there and the show starts and they're doing scenes. And it's like... Um, scenes of uh, people who are living with HIV, uh, things that they say they have experienced. So they have like one in your doctor's office where your doctor is a little too, um, uh, a little too forceful with HIV and you know, who are you sleeping with and are you telling them? Wait, this isn't just audience participation. This is like improv this sketch. This was improv sketch. And then they so would they be like, you freeze. And say, do an improv sketch. Yeah. So they do the sketch no. and they'd be like, hey, audience, what? <laughs> What's one thing? What's one way that they should have responded to this? And somebody raised their hands, like he should have done this. And she's like, "Come up here and show us." And they would do the scenes. When they got through the second one, I was like, "Thank God, Rick didn't show up. He would, he would have walked out. He would have freaked out and walked." I'm mortified, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> but it was good. They got up there. There was a lot of fun. I did not participate. Um, oh, so you weren't forced to? No, 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 no. I um. I forget what the first skit was, but they were asked, how would you handle this? And I was going to raise my hand and say, oh, this is how they should have responded. And uh, some uh, somebody behind me answered first. And she's like, come on up here. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so from that point on, I was like, I am not raising my hand. I am not answering any of your questions. No, ma'am. Um, but no, you weren't forced to do it. But there was a couple of uh, scenarios where nobody raised their hand right away, and she was, like, prodding, and she's like, you in the audience, do you have an answer? And they're like, oh, no. Um, so it was a little chaotic. Um, if you're if if that kind of spurs anxiety in you, uh, then uh, you would not have liked it. I don't it. know why it is. You know, I'm a, I'm a theater major. I was in an improv comedy troupe for a while, and I just – I'm just not – it's not my thing. Yeah. I just don't like it. You know what I think it is? I think I just don't want to be embarrassed. And I will rather – it's one of those things I'd rather burn it down than participate. So it's like <laughs> if you make me go into your show and, and make me participate, I, I it's going to ruin your show. Yeah. And it's just because I, I will refuse. No, one time I went to a friend's show and, and Doug Bowser was doing his uh, Joan Crawford show. Yeah, the, and the he, um, 
Joan Crawford's living room party yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's and, and so he brings up like six people. And whenever from the he, audience. Yeah, yeah, from the audience. And whenever he says stop, they have to do like a dance competition and audience votes and they whittle it down. I mean, I was the first one voted off because <laughs> I was just like, plus he passes out shots and I was like knowingly newly sober. Yeah. And, and I'm just kind of like, so they just all did the shot and I pretended, you know, threw my head back and then handed the shot to the next person. And then when it was time to dance, it was so after the show, he comes up to me and he was like, thanks for um, for for really giving it your all. And I was like, I hate audience participation. I, I You know this. Also, I don't drink. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was a great event. Um, uh, it was put on by One Pulse, uh, Andreas uh, over there, who's a friend of mine. Um, uh, kind of organized the event. It was a really great event. They had food beforehand. You know, I love anything that gives free food. Was it good food? Uh, they had burgers and mm. uh, chips and um, uh, uh, drinks and cookies. And it's just a, a nice barbecue type spread. And I love a good hot dog. I mean, a, a good hot dog. <laughs> I know where that came from. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> um, I love a good hamburger. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good event. Um, earlier, earlier in the week, and I think you also went and did this this past weekend, um, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival kicked off this it is. week. Can I just mention one thing real quick before yeah. we get into food and wine? Is that uh, I, I mentioned that you were going to come up in my reunion thing, and I didn't say anything about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this lesbian I was talking to uh, the, for most of the night, uh, after about 20 minutes, her wife is like, I applied for a job at Watermark. Oh no! Two years ago, no. And I was like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "Yeah, for a creative person." And I'm like, "Huh?" And and I think we we were looking, we were trying to find somebody who spoke Spanish, and yeah. she speaks Portuguese. Uh, so like, there's I, I email, just want to like, say that that probably wasn't the reason she wasn't hired. We enjoy our Portuguese speaking audience. Well, no, I mean, because we were specifically. Lo- I mean, I we yeah. were ideally we were looking for somebody in St. Pete who speaks Spanish, right? And she spoke Portuguese and is from Orlando. So it's you know, <laughs> two things that are almost yeah, there. <laughs> almost there. So we so, but anyway, she looked up the things and it was she was talking to you. Oh. And so I thought it was me. I was sweating. I was like, "I'm sorry." Do you want to sit? Your what was her name? Again? I mean, you can tell me off. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. later. And then, uh, but but then this is interesting: is that she now she's still looking for work. <laughs> she, but no, she works at a create. She's a creative designer at a place that makes. You're gonna know the name of this. What's mm-hmm. the name of the coin that ex-military carries in their pockets? Oh, um, that they're like you put it on a bar and get it. Yeah, we call them because we're. I was part of the ammo squadron, so we call them ammo coins. But they're just military coins. Okay, I wonder. Yeah, but there was a specific name. It might have been ammo, but it might have been something else. It, I feel like it started with a C. Was but, she an ammo troop? No, but she she designs the coins. Her company oh. makes these coins. Fascinating. And so I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so then I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we did those for our 30th anniversary? That would be awesome. Out like that. So for those who don't know, um, there's this whole tradition of these oversized coins. And you're given them in the military for different things. And in my squad, I was an, a munitions technician. We called them ammo coins. And you're supposed to keep the coin on you at all times. And if you're at a bar or a club, something, and you start tapping the coin on the bar, if you don't have your coin, you have to buy every other troop there in that bar a drink. And if everybody has the coin, whoever pulled the coin out and tapped it has to buy everybody, uh, every service member in that bar a drink. So it's a fun little game. To this day, I am paranoid that somebody will know that I'm a veteran and they'll pull out a coin and tap it. I still carry a uh, ammo coin with me to this day. Do you know what's fascinating to me about her job, though? 
is, you know, we talk a lot about how um, people won't write trans on a cake. Yeah. Because of their religious beliefs or whatever. And that there's this ridiculous made up situation where somebody may one day have to make a website for some gay couple getting married and the Supreme court weighed in on it. All of that. Right. She is, um, a lesbian woman of color who works at a place that makes these coins and she has to make coins for proud boys. Oh God. Awful. But now they're started. What the hell are proud boys doing with my military coins? <laughs> but they, well, they make all kinds of coins, right? Oh yeah. So now they they um. But I think that that they were saying the the um that there at least there is some ethical code that's making its way in. Like you know, um, they don't have to make coins with swastikas and stuff yeah. like that on them. Like that's a step too far. So I thought that was that was kind of nice. But it's just interesting to think about the other side of that and how we are forced to do things that that are against yeah. what. Well, we according in. to uh, the Supreme Court, now she can tell them to go f themselves because she don't have to make them no more. But does she? Because it's not a religion. I don't know. I, I don't didn't. Know re- I didn't read the law. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun entertainment podcast, not news. So don't ask me newsy questions. So anyway, I just thought that was all fascinating. Yes. But yes. So so we went to food and wine festival. Yes. You went. I on went an invitation for uh, a special media event they were doing. Um, so along with food and wine festival, um, I've never been. This was my first year. Um, but it, they, what it is is it's uh, foods from around the world. Uh, throughout Epcot uh, from different regions, and then you try the different foods. I don't know if they've done this in the years past, but the event that I went to was specific to the foods that were part of a special, um, uh, like a little fun thing they were doing with the Muppets. And the, I forget, the Beaker, Beeper, and Professor Beaker and the Professor, yeah. Um, They, in this little uh, uh, cafe thing that they put together, they had science experiments where they combined and made new recipes. So um, the big one that everybody was talking about this year was the pickle milkshake. So there's a dill pickle milkshake that is at the Food and Wine Festival um, that uh, um, that uh, was kind of like spotlighted there. A bunch of other foods. Um, the, the two that I was interested in when I first got there was the pickle milkshake. Because um, I'm not a huge fan of pickles, but I'm like, you know what? I like to. I'm adventurous. I like to try things, um, but they also had something called. I want to pull it up here. The unnecessarily spicy yet extremely tasty Scotch bonnet 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 Scotch bonnet pepper curry wings, and they're supposed to be the hottest wings that they've ever That's had. That's the longest name of a chicken wing I've ever heard. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, I like spicy foods. I'll try it. So um, the I sat down with a pickle milkshake. And these wings. And then I was like, well, I got to have something else. So I also had um, the Impossible Chicken Tenders, which also had a buffalo sauce on them. So everything was just kind of spicy and pickle. Dill and spice. So um, I ate the wing. First, I tried the milkshake. And I got to say, I don't know if you tried it, but surprised how flipping good this milkshake is. It was delicious. And I loved it. And I loved it so much I had two of them. Really? Yes, it was so good. I uh, I'll say like if you want to go a hint of sweet dill is what it had. I I, I liked it in stages. Well, mm. I, I have an opinion about it in stages. So I will say that I went to this place. Yes. 
Um, not on an invitation <laughs> no, you from, from the Walt Disney Company, uh, but I have an annual pass. So you said you were going and you told me the foods that you tried. And I was like, well, I'll go and I'll try the foods and that way we can talk about it. I mean, I had tried to to get into that media event yeah. uh, by saying like, hey, we're talking about this podcast. Hopefully in the future, you know, they'll invite both of us and yeah. we can both talk about things. We just, it just so happens that, that because I have an annual pass, it's easy for me to go and do this thing. Yeah, yeah. So we went there. And I bought everything in your list that you told me that you got, which would, which includes the pickle shake, um, the inappropriately spicy wings, impossible chicken tenders, buffalo sprouts, yeah, and then as you called it, a waffle cake donut thing, yeah. And so um, they with don't a picture call it, of Remy from yeah. the Ratatouille. They don't call it that, so it was a little difficult <laughs> to find it. Um, but I did. I even had to text you a picture, and I was like, Is "Yes, this a- does okay. it have the name of it on it?" Because I don't remember what it was called. It, no, that's what it. It's the. I think it's just a Remy waffle. Oh, okay. I, I, I'll have to, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I went in there and I ordered one of all those things. And then we went down and, and Dylan, my husband, was really like supportive. And he's like, I'm going to try all of this with you. And so uh, first thing I did was take a drink of the pickle milkshake. Yeah. First thoughts. And I thought, you know what? This is pretty good. I like pickles. So yeah. I thought it was. So I was I like, mean, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence with. I'm not like super impressed by them, but I'm, I don't hate them. Um, but I did like the sweet dillness of it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It, I mean, I, you know, for I think we talked about this on this podcast once for for muscle cramps. Like I'll drink, yeah, pickle uh, pickle juice, juice yeah. and you know, and I, I did at one time in my life enjoy eating Chick Fil A because they soak their chicken in pickle juice interesting soak it in that and so it was all really good and so that was good i drank it i didn't drink but i i think that you told me that this combination of the like your advice to me was don't eat the wings and down no. the pickle. okay so when i went there now with the pickle uh milkshake the first one i just drank straight they made it and i drank it um by the time i got to the bottom they put for garnish a piece of dill on top and i forgot to pull it off and i sucked it through the straw don't do that pull the dill off I didn't take it off either, and you know that's probably why it was a weird bit strong because I would go to drink it and the dill's right at my nose. I'm smelling oh, it. Oh yeah, you got to pull. It's it's cute garnish. Pull the dill off before you eat this thing. Then after I finished the first one, I was like, that's pretty good. Someone told me because the whipped topping on top is a dill infused whipped topping. They said you have to stir the whipped topping into the milkshake. So I did that. Made it not the first one was pretty good. Made it amazing. Now, why isn't this information they give you? I don't know. It might have been in the packet that they gave us. <laughs> I didn't read nothing, it. It was a nothing that I got. <laughs> so um, I sat down with my milkshake and my spicy wings, and I have I what I think is a high tolerance for spice. So I ate the chicken wing, and the first one was just kind of like, okay, that's good. It's got a nice flavor. It's got a little heat, but it's good. As I'm getting into the second one, I start to feel the burning in my throat. <laughs> so the closest thing I have to cool it down is my pickle milkshake. So I chugged the damn pickle milkshake, which gave me a brain freeze. So my head was hurting. My throat was on fire. Um, I felt miserable. It blended into my stomach and gave me terrible cramps to where I couldn't make it through the entire event. I had to leave the event early because I was in so much pain. <laughs> so my advice is if you're going to this, do not eat, and I think I told you this, do not eat the wings with the pickle milkshake. Make sure you got some separation between them. Yes. Um, but um, they were delicious. The wings, even though they were super hot for me, um, were still very tasty. Yeah, and I would say this. If you're not the kind of person that eats jalapenos 
like they're potato chips. The, you probably don't want them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I ate them because you did, it, and though, even though my doctor would probably lose his <laughs> shit because he said, do not eat anything spicy. And like you said, they were delicious. And it's a, sort of this slow burn. Yeah. Like, you're getting in, like, the second and the third one was, it was pain. Yeah. And then I was like, I, I would drink the pickle milkshake a little bit to sort of, because it did soothe it. Yeah. Um, but it was so, it was the last thing I ate everything else. And I tried those last cause I wanted to be able to taste everything, but it was for the rest of the day. It's uncomfortable. It was, it was not, it was not, it was, it's unpleasant, but I, you know, I had people with me, so we didn't go and just do that and go home. Yeah. It was, you had to it was, do let's the whole go around the yeah. rest of all, of all the other delicious Did food. you do rides also? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. We don't, I mean, we go to food wine fest, so we just kind of walk around. But, you know, I ate like one or two other things after that, and I was just kind of like, and then we were all, it was also the hottest day. Oh, yeah. It's like, did you know the food and wine festival is now on the sun? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what did you think of the Impossible Chicken Tenders? I really liked them. Um, I am not a vegan or a vegetarian. Um, but or a fan of anything called Impossible. <laughs> yes, but I do. I did like those and the Brussels sprouts. They had the buffalo Brussels sprouts. Um, if all vegan food tasted like those two things, I'd probably eat more vegan foods. Yes, I really enjoyed them too. But, you know, in – I was thinking like this, like, because people try to get me to eat Brussels sprouts all the time. And yeah. I'm like, I hate Brussels sprouts. I don't want to eat them. And they're like, see, I already like Brussels sprouts. So mm-hmm. adding the buffalo ness to them and, and um, they uh, they were crispy. So they grilled them and got a nice crisp on them. They were really good. I like them. Yeah. But I'm, then they're like, put some cheese on it. And it's, I'm like, well, you're then you're just eating cheese. Yeah. So even if you're putting buffalo sauce on it, it's still you're eating buffalo sauce. Yeah. Of buffalo course, sauce and blue cheese. It's good. Yeah. It's buffalo sauce and blue cheese. Uh, but I will say that they were caramelized really well. Oh yeah, and they were they were pretty delicious. I don't know why I don't like. I, I like cabbage. I eat cabbage all the time. I eat sauerkraut. Why wouldn't I yeah, like Brussels? It's sprouts? just little baby cabbages. Yeah, I don't know, little babies. So I thought they were all good, and I yeah. don't really like, um, you know, fake food. It's not fake food. What did you uh, think of impossible. the waffle? Um, I think that your description of it as a waffle cake donut thing was one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, they had them. I mean, a... they have them all. They have them year-round. <laughs> oh, do they? This yeah. This is the first time they, I've had them. They, they had a tray of them when I went uh, yeah. to the event, and I kind of just – because they were individually wrapped. So I just grabbed a handful of them and put them in my bag and brought them home and oh, tried okay. them. Yeah. Yeah, they do this thing where it's like – it's the last thing I ate as we were leaving. And um, they – they, I mean, I think that they put that chocolate in it and yeah. called it a food and wine festival thing. Just to give people a reason to go into Starbucks and buy something, but yeah. I think Starbucks has it all the time. Oh, really? Oh, I, did yeah. you see that little that cake that was sort of like a semicircle with like multiple? Oh, you no, you didn't get it from Starbucks. You got it from the thing, so you didn't see this. Cake. Yeah, so I ate that too. But I uh, want to give a shout out to like all over Food and Wine Festival, and you know maybe Food and Wine Festival wants to send you a ticket so that you can go to the whole Food and Wine Festival. May- and we'll talk about okay, it. Okay, well here's what they did. Um, because um, they knew that they were just giving us a sampling of that. They did give me a ticket to go the next day to experience the entire festival. However, um, it's a weekday, and I love you, Disney, but mm. I have a job, a day-to-day job. Um, so um, it just happened to line up. They gave me that and said, hey, come back the next day. I had too much to do. Um, and Luis, one of our interns, was in. And he was like, hey, my grandma texted me this morning and said, did you know it's inter- or National Intern Day? And I said, is it? 
well, here's a gift. And I gave him the ticket to go take photos. So he actually went out to Epcot and experienced Food and Wine Festival. And um, the ticket was just for the day. So I was like, I can't use it other than today. So just go. uh, Happy intern day. And he went and enjoyed it. Um, One thing of the event that was, and I'm still, it when I think about it, it upsets me so much, is because I decided to eat the chicken wings with the pickle milkshake at the same time and had to leave the event early, I did find out that a lovely gift basket was prepared for everyone who attended with food and wine freebies. You got a Mickey and Minnie blanket. You got some a, a collection of the merchandise mm. that they have. And because I had to leave early because of my poor little tummy ache, I didn't get any of the freebies, Aww. and I was so mad. It, it, that stuff is that merchandise is cute. It's adorable. I, I got photos of it because uh, they had it all set up, and then I found out after I left the event, uh, they gave gift baskets to everybody who went. Oh. So disappointing. I'm sure you're like, mm, well, oh, I probably could have gotten yours if I could have gone. Just like it that. wasn't my fault. It was just, Disney's fault. Just like that uh, <laughs> Little Mermaid trident that I don't have. Ah, you don't want that uh, anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> it makes know, noises But you everything. should have told me you got a free ticket. We should enter day. We could have gotten the next day. We could have. And, and just, just so you know, um, you know, going to the Food and Wine Festival to talk about on this podcast is work. Yeah, it is. It certainly was work that day. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're taking the day off. We're yeah. going to do it. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I have to go to work. I had like seven interviews scheduled oh. for that day <laughs> for various stuff. <laughs> And I was like, I don't even have the time to go out there. Well, I'm going to just point out, I think it's in Holland. They have this like they have this huge block of Swiss cheese that just Ooh. that they warm up. And it as it melts, they scrape the cheese off onto shaved. Stop it. Onto, sh- <laughs> <laughs> onto shaved ham. Get, getting excited. On the shaved ham with potatoes. Shut it up. It's so good. Stop it. It's so good. So I ate that. And then in Greece, they have this like griddle cheese that's like sort of crispy. And it, but it's so good. But I'll tell you what, after eating those wings and that pickle shake, nothing. Like I did those. We, we skipped so many things. So we're like, you know what? We're going to go back. But we're going to wait until like September, mid-September. Yeah. It was so it yeah, was I would just love so to go hot. back. The other thing, because um, that day they I came back, they were like, "This is only good for the next day, uh, but we're going to give you a ticket to come back, and here's a fifty dollar gift card so you can try various foods." Are you sure it was only good for the next day? Do you it remember did, when we got had those a... tickets to um, SeaWorld? No, no, we got the when we went to um, Candlelight, and there were ten of us. That oh were yeah, go, but like eight people showed up and they're like those tickets are only good for today those tickets were good after. oh were they yeah. don't tell me that <laughs> i did a good thing for the intern you did it you had know, a, and he helped us set up yeah today, it all so had a good. date on it so i was just like it's after today they're null and void why why waste it um but if you get a chance it's going on through november oh god when is, i wrote it down here hold on yeah it goes for a while november 18th so if you get a chance go but listen to me do not do the wings and the pickle milkshake at the same time in the beginning. Or if don't you wanna, do it. Do it at the end. Yeah. Wait till the end Yeah, and take the wine, wine, not pickle, pickle milkshake spicy wings challenge. Videotape yourself eating it and send it to us. If we're just wusses and we just can't handle it, um, go see if you're better than us. Yeah. Dylan was like, mm, it's not spicy. Mm, it's not. I was like, and then like two minutes later, he's like, 
Okay. Yeah. And it's- it is definitely a a, uh, a spice that creeps up on you. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow burn. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a, so we had good weeks. Yes, good weeks. We had very good, week. good weeks. Busy weeks. Busy good weeks. And so we decided. I decided. I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I don't know how you feel about this listen, movie. Listen, I'm just the talent. Rick sets up what we're gonna do. I just come in and record it. Now I know that you hated um, Ultimatum, so I hope mm-hmm. you didn't hate this movie because I feel like eventually you're gonna I be now like, "Oh, you too." I know. Oh, come on. We're it gonna. Th- um, okay, so well, let's talk about it first. So, so we it went to is, see Theater Camp. Yeah, Theater Camp, which is. Um, uh, what do they call it? Mock- it's like a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary. Christopher of- Guest style. Christopher Guest style of a theater camp. Yes. Um, so do you want to do the little breakdown of uh, so of it's, what the So it's movie much is. like um, Waiting for Guffman, which is a Christopher Guest best in show. Mm. And it's sort of this. And I think that, and we'll get into this, but I think that I went into this when I noticed it was a mockumentary. I went into this because I'm a huge fan of Christopher Guest. I love best in show. It's um, pretty good. I love A Mighty Wind. I love everything he does. I love the. I find them hilarious. They're so weird and so awkward. So I went into this thinking that was, you know, this is the kind of film it's going to be. And it was kind of. Light. It was yes. that light. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so the premise of this is, is that there's this, there's this struggling theater camp that yes. is uh, run by Amy Sedaris. It's not she's she plays the woman who owns this. Who owns? Yes, yes. And I didn't write down the the her friend's name that's a manager with her, but she's in so many different things. She's very recognizable. Um, do you know her name? Uh, I have the character list here. Do you remember what her name was in it? No, I don't either. Um, but she so they so they're going around and they're scouting talent during the school season and the and, and plays to get people to come to to do their um, to do their theory camp. Yeah. And during the during his performance, they're watching this one kid perform in like middle school. I don't know; it could be high school, but they just all look so young. And don't I kept thinking because the, the way they were they're making it sound like when they were talking, like it, it's a high school type camp. They all look like they're nine. They all do. They all yeah. look like a bunch of nine year olds. And and so there's a strobe light in this performance, and it sends her into some sort of a stroke that, that puts her in a coma and so then she she can't run the camp so her son takes over the camp now he's, he's like such a he's such a douche. now he is uh what's his name i got it somewhere in here um jimmy tatro yeah jimmy uh, tatro plays troy yeah and he was in modern family he was alex's boyfriend in modern family towards the end and he's the rich sibling in home economics which is a hilarious series that i love uh so he's he just plays this dumb influencer guy who thinks he knows everything about business and yeah, he's gonna he's save into crypto and he's yeah. like you know every he's i'm gonna save this camp. he's gonna save the camp right so so he's running the camp and then you've got um, Ben Platt and Molly Gordon and Molly Gordon who uh, star in it yeah. as the camp teachers. Yeah, former students who are yeah. now camp counselors. Um, also, just point out Molly, what's her name? Gordon. Gordon um, is a writer and director. Yeah, and well, producer on Molly, team. Ben Platt, Noah Galvin, and a fourth one who's not acting in it. All four of them wrote the screenplay, yeah. and then Molly directed it. Yeah, with yeah. the guy that's not in it. With the guy who's not in it, yeah. Nick Lieberman. Yeah, and so, you know, so there there are several really bizarre productions that they put on throughout the year, but the main stage is a show that um, 
that Ben Platt and Molly's characters yeah. write during the season, and they perform that. Yes, and so in an effort to, they're they're trying to save this camp because yeah, it's very 1980s TV it movie. It's like. Oh no, our camp is going under. It's going to be bought by corporate America well, unless be, we. It's going to be bought by the better camp yeah. that's across the lake. Until, unless we put on this bitchin' show that's going to save the camp. Right. So, so you know, I mean, we, we, if you don't like spoilers, then you probably don't want to listen to the rest of the oh, part yes. where we Spoil- talk about it because we're going to tell you what yeah. happens. So the son sells the camp to yep. the other place, but he find then then he hears one of the songs. So the main stage is going to be about a, a, a play about his mom. Yeah. And there's this scene in there when the mom gives birth to him and she's so, so weird. And she, and she does, she sings about how much she loves him and that she's going to create this place where he can grow up and be accepted and all this wonderfulness. And he gets really emotional about it and he tries to find a way to go to, back yeah. on his deal of selling it so that he can keep it and that his mom will be proud of him. And he finds out that if they can come up with enough money, to um, you know, during this, to or before the bank forecloses on the the land, if he can come yeah. out the money, he gets to keep it. So basically, he invites- if you watch any movie in the eighties where you've got to save a ski lodge, a beach house, or any kind of you know um, group activity, um, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, or if you, any Hallmark movie, yeah, based yeah. on Christmas, yeah. you know, the town, somebody's gonna foreclose, and the big corporate guys coming. He's in gonna take come it over in and, and bake and, the perfect Christmas yeah. cookie and save the world. Can just get that blue ribbon. <laughs> Then I can win. And so, you know, so he, so this guy who he's like Instagram famous or something, and he invites all of his influencer friends that he thinks are also rich to come and see the final production. And they put on this, this, this show. And, you know, in the, in the end, um, the, all of the influencers loved it. They're actually just poor, terrible business people. And somebody who uh, was using the camp as an Airbnb, (laughs) who was apparently very rich, felt very connected to it and ended up saving the day. So it's 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 hilariously bizarre yeah. in that sort of a way. Um, yeah. We, I, but the thing about it that I will yeah. point out yes, is ahead. in the true form of Christopher Guest, and I think I, I read this article where, where Molly was talking about how no one thought that this was doable, uh, but she she really pushed for it, is that it is – an entirely improv movie. Yeah. And it is yeah. improv with 75% of the cast being children. Yeah. And so she said that people didn't think kids could do improv, but she thought that it could be done and she pushed. Which and- is weird because like when I was a kid, I feel like improv comes easy to kids because your imagination is so much more well versed and worked. Also kids say the most random stupid shit anyway. And that's all improv is. Well, and and that's what she said. Yeah, honestly, she said kids are probably better at it than adults are. Yeah, you know. So it was. I mean, if I was to, well, before I talk about what I thought of it, yeah. I just want to point out some cast <laughs> some cast highlights. Yes. Did you notice? And I know you're gonna love this because I know you loved this show. That the guy who was the choreographer, Clive Dewitt, um, played by Nathan Lee Graham. Do you recognize him? No. What is he in? He, we interviewed him. He was on our cover, I think. Um, he played um, not Hades, but he played the owner of the place in Hades Town. What on the national tour? Really? Yeah. I mean, I know you only saw half of I'm it. I'm guessing that's a Ryan interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I know you only saw half of it. No, I think you did. 
because when they because they were coming to, I, I don't think it's been to. Um, has Did it I? been to Straz? Look up Nathan Lee Graham. Okay. While you're while you're finish up what you were saying, yeah, so, I'm going to Google this. So he plays. He's like the the bald guy that's the choreographer, right? You rec- remember that character? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I knew I recognized him, so I had to go look it up. Um, and then. Uh, no, that's a Ryan interview. Okay. It did go to uh, Straz. Oh, okay. So uh, Luke Islam, who was one of the students, he's like the bigger kid with a good voice. Yes. He was on season 14 of America's Got Talent. In fact, he Another was, show I don't watch. <laughs> he was a golden buzzer winner on that. Oh. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, one I, <laughs> one uh, connection that is uh, uh, probably much more well-known than both of those. Um, Noah Galvin, who was in The Real O'Neills, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is also uh, partners with Ben Platt. They've been dating. Probably I, Have they married yet? I don't know. If they, I don't I think, think they're, they're married. They're engaged. Um, but um, he replaced Ben Platt as Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. So both Evan Hansens. He's um, also in The Good Doctor. Another show I don't watch. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Just put a list together. I'll watch them. I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. Um, I don't seem to be doing very good say, with my list of shows for you to watch. But I will say, um, I really liked him in this movie. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. I am a little Ben Platt platted out, <laughs> um, but I thought he did a really good job in this. Also, I um, even say about Noah, like. I loved him in in the real O'Neills. Yeah, but right towards the end of that, he said something really kind of douchey Which about another actor. I think a lot of people actor. speculated that that's what got the show canceled. Right. There's a lot of rumors that, right. that his comments on that is what ca- got his right. show canceled. I forget who who it was, but it was a, an actor was just Colton Colton was it Hayes. Colton Hayes, yeah, who just kind of came he he came out, but he didn't want to come out. I don't know. There was a. It was, and it was some kind of comment about how was that brave kind of a thing. I don't, yeah. I don't remember the. It was kind of a dick comment. It was. Yeah. And so that really kind of turned me off to it. And then his character in The Good Doctor is is kind of, um, I don't know. He's not like, he's not. he doesn't give you the warm he's fuzzies. He's not a nice guy. He doesn't give you the warm fuzzies, yeah. right? So to watch him in this, it made, made me like that. I, you know, I yeah. was like, oh, I it's so he, good to see him in a role that was that Of good. all the actors, I thought he did the best job. I yeah. thought his character had a lot more um, to work with. Um, this movie, I was not a huge fan of. I didn't hate it. Full disclosure, I did fall asleep during part of it. Um, it was, uh, it was not, it's, it's not made for me. This is definitely one of those films that are for theater kids. And years from now, at some theater kid sleepover they're gonna be like oh my god let's watch theater camp and then they're gonna watch it and be like oh my god that's so us <laughs> uh, as a as a former theater kid did, did you i was like 100 <laughs> percent. so i get it's not for me um I, as i said i'm a huge fan of of christopher guest's mockumentaries um and in that vein i thought they did a really good job kind of um uh, doing this film as an homage to Christopher Guest. Not on that same level, but it was a night. It's like a theater camp version of a Christopher Guest movie, and they did a <laughs> fine job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the storyline was, I think it was cute. There was a yeah. lot about it that made me laugh out loud. Um, you know, and it was it was very endearing. I think that I probably enjoyed it more because I but, was in yeah. theater. Um, than I would have if I wasn't. Now, and- as someone, I'm a huge fan of the Sedaris family. I love David Sedaris. I love Amy Sedaris. Um, she's in the beginning, and then she's in the very end. 
And uh, it's like, you know, it's... Mm. Was that not hilarious? That, it, I that, love that, her, yeah. That, that, that they were doing this. So so they were like, we're, we're doing the final show, and they wanted to zoom her in so yeah. that she could see it. And then they put up this sheet, and she's just laying on her face, like, in a coma. And they're like, oh, well, maybe she'll come out of it. But then it, when it was over... They had set up the camera in front of the wrong bed, and this lady was out of the coma, and they're like, she's alive! And it's like, if some other person just clapping, like, this was so good, thank you. Uh, that was just so... It, it was sort of like that kind of dumb humor that I really liked. Yeah. I think that the, that like the seasoned actors, I think they could have done better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, they could have pulled this into a different, in a different way. I didn't, like... I was... I, there was no... I had no feelings about Ben Platt's character. Yeah. Like I yeah. was not. Him I did or not, uh, Molly. Like they a, both were just fine. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I And I didn't feel attached to them. Yeah. Um, but I did to Noah's character. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's something about more than what you see about this character. Yeah. And he's got this great talent. And so that was cool. And I liked the kids, too. It did make me laugh, too, because I thought as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, hmm. DeSantis isn't going to like this. Oh, God, no. No, I, this movie that... will not be played during the Republican uh, uh, convention. I'm surprised that you would uh, that you would be allowed to take a child to see this yeah. in Florida. Well, come arrest me. And I took 12 children to see this movie. It's just because they're, you're, what are you, like, like your disciples? <laughs> that is not a, that's not a good <laughs> argument against groomers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, but stood anyway, outside a Chuck E. Cheese, and I said, "Come with me, children." But there's clearly gay kids in it, absolutely. And then the but the one kid who was straight, like oh. saying, "Like I love theater camp." It made me realize I'm straight, and he's got two gay dads, and they're clapping, and they're like, "We love you no matter what." <laughs> and how funny though was that? Was um, the finale song when yeah. she gets up there, and they're like, "Okay, it's time to rehearse the finale song," and she's fighting with the Ben Platt character, and she didn't write the finale song, so she's making it up. Yeah, and then that ended up being the finale song. That kind of made me laugh. Yeah, and it was catchy. It is, and it's a cute movie. Don't get me wrong; it's cute. You don't have to be a theater kid to enjoy this. It's a cute movie, uh, but this is definitely made for theater kids. What do you think? Uh, how do you think it did on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, um, you know what? These mockumentary kind of things, critics fucking love them. Um, I'm going to say 87 from critics, and I'm going to say only theater kids went and saw this, so they're going to be like, this is so good. So I'm going to say uh, 89. 83 critics, 79 audiences. Ooh. And you know, uh, just because uh, I saw this, IMDb does a rating, and it was 7. Oh, th yes, they do. 7.4 yeah. out of 10. Uh, but I don't point this out about this about this show. I hope, of course, this doesn't happen. But in some weird, I, I hope that people watch the show and think, you know, schools need arts and they need yeah. theater programs. Absolutely, yeah. I think, and I hope that because this premiered at Sundance, um, so it got an audience that is non theater kid audience um, when it first premiered at Sundance, and um, hopefully this this has the potential to be kind of a cult following film. Um, like I said, that's going to be watched by theater kids, and maybe they'll introduce it to a few of their friends who aren't. Yeah. I mean, there's an and there's an under an underlying theme of this that it well, it's not an underlying theme. It's kind of the theme of it yeah. is that there everybody needs a place. Yes, you know, and that every, all of those people belonged in this place, and that was their home. As and they say in West Side Story, a place for us. <laughs> Somewhere, Somewhere, there's a theater camp. A for place us. for us. So they, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I watching it, 
even the parts where I was like kind of rolling my eyes or just bored with, I was like, Rick is loving the shit out of this movie. <laughs> this is totally up his alley. And I want to point out that that was the best movie theater popcorn that I've had in my last four. Give him a shout out. What theater did you see? It was at the Regal Winter Park. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the only now, theater show. That's right. It's the it, only one, it's showing, the only one showing it. Now, the on the other side of that, I was there like a couple of days before seeing a different movie, and their popcorn sucked. Interesting. <laughs> but it was really good. It's just, you know, you got to time it right. You yeah. can't get you can't get the, the burnt kernels mm-hmm. at the end of the... I um I do want to give a shout out to Regal because um I also go and see uh, the Regal because um, I live over near the Waterford Lake area. Uh. I have a, that's also a Regal cinema. So I see my movies at there uh, now uh, at the different Regals. And uh, I will say, not calling out any of the other theaters in town, but Regal does have hot Starbucks coffee that you can get to go see a movie. And many of the theaters in town that are not regal do not offer coffee. And if you want people to come in and see your movies, particularly adults who need to stay awake when they're forced (laughs) to go see things like theater camp, you need to offer coffee. Uh, You know, what's funny is one of those um, Jen refuses to go to anymore. Which one? Waterford Lakes. Why? Never have a good, never a good experience. Interesting, um, and also like we're just spoiled, and we need reclining chairs. I yeah, and they so do need to get reclining chairs. Yeah, and so sometimes you'll get in like the one when we saw theater camp, we were in reclining chairs. Uh, yeah, at, at at the one in Winter Park. Uh, but she likes to go to the one that has them all the time. So yeah. we would drive. We'll drive out of the way, even though the the nice theater is the closest one to us, so we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but we would drive out of the way for that. I will say that was the last Regal holdout in Orlando for assigned seating. That like up until like six months ago, you just bought your ticket and went early, like in the olden days, where you just went, <laughs> and you just went and got a seat anywhere it was available. Savages, I know, right? Now you can book it's your like seat. Like Lord of the Flies at the movie. Terrible, terrible. I I was just talking this weekend about how I miss those days because sometimes you just want to like, hey, what do you want to do? Let's just go to the movie theater and let's go see a movie. Yeah, but you can't do that anymore. You have to plan ahead. You do, you do. I mean, unless and I'm you not don't a planner, I don't yeah. plan ahead. Unless you don't mind being off on the sides or. I can't be up front. But when I was a kid, I don't know if you were this way. When I was a kid, I loved sitting in the front row, just like having the movie around me. Now I'm like, what was I, a stupid little kid? That's, that's a stupid way to watch a movie. Most likely. Uh, so we turn to the, the little screen. Uh, let us, on a very different from a note. nice, fun, happy theater camp, let's talk about murder. <laughs> so we finished up watching. Last night was the final episode of HBO's docuseries, Last Call, a serial killer stalked queer New York. Um, We didn't talk about the third episode last week. Uh, We decided to talk about three and four together um, this week. So episode three, uh, titled Michael, focused on um, the... uh, Each one of these episodes focus on the victims. We talked about this before. This series, um, even though you do talk about, obviously, you can't talk about... Um, a serial killer without talking about the actual killer. But the focus on these episodes were part uh, focusing on the the life of the victims and then also talking about what the uh, LGBTQ uh, culture and uh, community was like during that time period. Um, so this episode, um, or the third episode dealt with, um, let me get his full name, because the title of it is called Michael. Um, but it, well, that's not the, Sorry, I am on the wrong Wikipedia page. That is for Heartstopper, and that is a very <laughs> different type of murder. Um, they slay, but in a different way. Yes. Uh, 
Oh my god, <laughs> this is on a tangent. I don't know if you used to watch uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but um, I was a huge fan. And I was scrolling through TikTok the other day, and there's a TikTok, and the little headline on it says how millennials talk to their Gen Z kids. And it's the scene in the season three premiere when Buffy's with her mom, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go out. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, are you going to slay? And it cracked <laughs> me up because the way she said it was just so like an adult a parent would talk to the kids. She's like, are you going out to slay? And it says how millennials talk to their Gen Z kids. <laughs> Killed me. That's funny. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so it dealt with the third victim um, who was um, um, t- see now I'm mixing the episodes because I watched them both together because I knew was, we were going to talk. He was to- the guy who died at Five Oaks. Yeah, he's the one who was openly out. Right, yes. he was openly yes. out, and okay. he was he was um, well known. Yes. Yeah, so there were four victims. The first two were closeted. The third was a sex worker, and then the fourth one was well known in the community and was out, and apparently had had been seen talking to the killer at the bar, Five Oaks. Yeah, and, and I mean even well, even different than that, it, it kind of struck me as odd. Right, I was a little thrown off by the bartender. Yeah. Um, I know her. You know the bartender? Yes. And I don't, I can't pinpoint why, but I know that I've, I've either seen her perform at, at piano bars in New York or have had conversations with her. Um, I know that I know her and, and she, I mean, this piano bar, Five Oaks was like a block or two away from the piano bar. I used to hang out all the time when I lived when there. When did you live there? What year? 98. Um, 98. You were 30. right around this time. You could have been victim number four. Um, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but I would not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was like, I would not no, go no. to Five Oaks. Well, um, it. I was not. I would not have been interested in talking to this person. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not, I laugh because I'm looking at his photo right now. And I'm like, yeah, you. The, the, yeah, the guy. <laughs> he had no shot. <laughs> right. So, so I don't. I mean, but if he was just. I mean, if he was just drugging people in the bar, then you don't yeah. really have a, you know, you don't have a say. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but that was the, the the well-known guy was talking to the bartender, and then the, the this murderer walks in and gets into a conversation and says to the bartender, that Michael says to the bartender, this is, and she forgets his name, it's like Mark or something like that, and he is a nurse at Sinai Hospital yes. or Mount Sinai Hospital. And I'm just, and so they were the, so then they they set out trying to find this nurse at Mount Sinai Hospital and I was like that that dude did not give his real name and his real job location that would be stupid. But but <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that in the next episode. So so they they had a lead they felt on yes. trying to find somebody. Yes. Finally. Um Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is so good. My notes are all over the place. I feel again. like this is like the part of an episode. Like if we had somebody to edit it, we would cut this part out. <laughs> but we don't. So you get to listen. No. Um, so, yeah. So um, remind me about the 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 leak because they they follow this trail to the nurse. They thought it was. Yes. Yes. And then they didn't. Um, it ended up being a dead end. Correct. Um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Seriously, the I'm two episodes are blending together. I'm just here to validate. So you. he didn't get picked up. <laughs> no. I am not no, the recalling went, the show no, at all. The case went cold for a very long it time. It did, yes. I know. Here, here's what I remember from last night. How they kept that? calling him Mr. How? Rogers, and it was making me <laughs> very uncomfortable. Many, so we're not to the point yet, you know, unless we're going to just go into the to the fourth episode. Yeah, let's just talk about them both together. Okay. Can I watch them back to back? So I don't remember what was yeah. in the third episode and what was in the fourth episode. I, I did, too. But, I mean, it was just the, the third episode was all about was about Michael, and it was yeah. about his sister who was a lesbian and how that's right. And yes. how much they, they, uh, you know, how he was their sounding board and how they got back from this. The lesbians got back from this, from this uh, big trip. That's a good thing that we don't videotape these. Jeremy has uh, got some things to say about the people in the show. No, so, no, not say just show me so that I can try not to laugh while I'm talking about it. So anyway, the, the, the lesbian couple went on a trip together towards the beginning of their relationship. When they got back, they got the phone call um, that he had died. Yes. And so they, um, but this was in 93. Yeah. 93 is when the, yeah. When 93 the fi- is when Michael yeah. died. Yeah. Um, but what that did is it sparked the community. Both the fr- three and four were murdered in because 93. the two, the first two people were closeted. Oh, and so oh, the the thing I'll say about how how the evidence started piling up when they left Five Oaks, um, there was a homeless person um, sitting on the on yes. the street that knew that that was always there and knew Michael. And so they could describe the, the what the person looked like and the car that they got into. And so they knew that that he had been murdered by this guy. And so they had, they had a name, what they thought that it was a name, they had a location. And so they just started going through a list of people. But the problem is, is that they couldn't match the fingerprints yes. to anybody. And so it went cold for the longest time. Uh, but so, so or, they didn't have enough evidence to sort of link anybody to anything. So yeah. it went cold for, the, yeah, for and many the, years. Um, um, the technology wasn't what it is now. So they, we, yeah. So they were like, you know, we can't really match it. And then technology caught up. Our friends in Canada. <laughs> well, so so the, the Jersey guy, right? Because even oh, through yeah. all, so through all of this, like um, when Michael died, the gay community got was like, "Listen, you need to do something about this." Yeah. And they started marching, and then a task force. They, was, okay, this part got me. They went down and they took fake arm limbs and they threw them over. Um. Uh. What you get your electricity from? Power lines. Power lines. Thank you. I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is called Wine, Why Not? And Jeremy <laughs> drinks wine during the podcast that I think it's catching up to him. So so here's the deal. Yes. This happened later, right? What you're talking about yeah. happened later. So they, they marched. I just remember bloody libs. They marched and they got the task force started. And yes. so the task force was headed by new york city cops which was run by a guy who was part of an organization that was anti-lgbtq yes and so there do you remember the scene where they asked them the question like well you're part of this organization and the motto is is homosexuality is wrong so do you think that you should be heading this task force and he said i'm a professional i can do my job um but so they so they started following leads yes. and then uh the the it, it dead-ended because they thought they had somebody, and it turned out that that wasn't the person. So they disbanded 
the 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 task force or the task force just stopped meeting so that's when they got together and protested that and they took mannequins and they bloodied the limbs of the mannequins and they threw them tied over them power, together threw them over power lines to, so they dangled yeah and so that because to remind we used people, to chop them up yeah and so that was all kind of crazy so then technology starts to catch up and this guy from new jersey right he's um, he's watching this crime show and they're talking about a new technology on pu- how to pull fingerprints off of plastic bags. Yes. So I do remember this part. <laughs> right. So he then, this is where Canada comes in to save the day. So there, he, there was no place. There were only two places in the United States that could do it, but I guess they were backed up and they couldn't get to it. But Montreal, you know, I take back every negative thing I've ever said about Canada. <laughs> Including um, so fierce. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we were having a good time here <laughs> talking about a serial killer. You had to go and bring that up. So, so they, so they get a set of fingerprints. But it still, technology had caught up a little bit, but it wasn't so much so that there was this huge database nationwide. There was a little bit. It was a limited database nationwide, and they ran the prints through it, and nothing came up. So, what they decided to do was to send a copy of uh, the fingerprints that they pulled off of those bags to all 50 states. Yes. And they sent it to Vermont. Yes, it was Vermont. Yes. Uh, and there was Maine. a- Maine. Wasn't it Maine? Oh, it was Maine. Maine. You're right. Yeah. It was Maine. So they sent him to Maine, and the a detective kind of just did a cursory look, and they, they got a hit. Yeah. So then she said, I need to see the, the actual card. They sent the actual card to her, and they had a- they had a, a perfect match and uh, for for them. And the reason that they had a perfect match was because uh, in 73. He did this again. Or he, he did, did this the uh, first, before. Yeah. yeah. He he murdered. So the, the so there's this guy. So what's his name? It's Richard Rogers. Richard, Mr. Rogers. And they kept calling him Mr. The cops yeah. kept saying, Mr. Rogers. I was like, don't you dare. <laughs> don't ruin that good don't name. Don't do that. Yeah, so so Richard Rogers was a student in college, and he murdered his uh, college roommate. Yeah. Put him in a field, threw a tarp over him, and confessed to oh, murdering him. Yeah. And so then there was a trial, uh, and somehow during this trial, he had – his lawyer had told him to use the gay, the gay panic, panic defense. defense. Yeah. And, and he got off. And he got off. So then he went off to And murder. then the jury acquitted him. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so yeah. He has a, a local tie, too. Because yes. he also killed someone in Orlando. I was mean, it Orlando? It was could, in Florida. Uh, Lakeland. Lake, it was, oh, really? Yeah, it was in Lake Lakeland, I believe. I'm going to look up where it was. He didn't kill somebody. He He drugged them and raped them. We he hasn't been seen since. I'm gonna look this up. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been. They and uh... no, because he was he was arrested for two crimes. One was for murdering his roommate, and the other was for drugging somebody. And this may have even I don't know where this was, but remember he drugged somebody, and um, then they woke up and he drugged them again, and then they see. were wrapped up in a yeah. In a that rug. was a different one. Yeah, oh, okay. and then he escaped. But there's one, his name is Matthew Piero. I'm pretty sure he's the one. Yeah, he's from Lake Mary, Florida. Um, 21-year-old Matthew Piero uh, in 1982 was found dead off a dirt road off I-4 in Lake Mary on Lake Mary Boulevard in Lake Mary, Florida. Um, stabbed. His nipples had been bitten off. 
and he is suspected to be the one who killed him. Suspected. Yeah. Okay. They haven't gone to try. I mean, they didn't. You know, they didn't have enough evidence, but it's it's highly suspected that he's the one who did it. Wow. Yeah. So so then they had so they had the name of the guy, and this is this is one of the weird parts of the show. So they have the name of the guy that did it, and yeah. they 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 pull this task force back together. And they decide this guy's still living in New York, so they're gonna do surveillance on him for a week, and they're gonna collect all the information that they can. And the New York City police are running this this surveillance thing. And then Rudy Giuliani's mom gets sick and goes to Mount Sinai Hospital. And there was this panic from the top brass in the New York City Police Department that this guy would do something to Rudy Giuliani's mother. Yeah. The guy who's murdering gay men is somehow going to do something to Rudy Giuliani's mother. So they pick him up immediately without any surveillance yeah. or anything like that. And so people were worried that the case was going to be blown, that they weren't going to have the evidence, that he would just use the gay panic defense again. Um, but none of that happened. No, no. Um, in fact, they ended up... Um, uh, uh, bringing the case against him in Jersey. Oh, right. Yeah, because there were two of the victims were found in Jersey, and they thought that they could get a better conviction in Jersey. Um, right, but they couldn't. They were also worried that it would get thrown out because yeah. there was no evidence of where the murders took place. So they could have they could have fought and said there's no, there's no standing here in, yeah. in Jersey, and they could have thrown the case out, but they allowed it to go forward because they, they, they told the jury – that you could reasonably assume, since the bodies were found here, that the murders took place here. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I love, I forget her name, but the prosecutor who they were talking to, um, I loved her in her interview. She just, she seems like somebody I'd want to hang out with. <laughs> um, but, um, so yeah, she's talking about how um, they came in to give the verdict and how um, the may, I guess she had focused on this one particular juror who had been crying. Uh, or when she came in, it looked like she had been crying, and she was like, ah, shit, we lost this one. She probably went in there and was, like, crying and say, he probably did it, but we can't prove that he did it here, so we we have to throw the case out. Um, but they found him guilty. Yeah, and she could have been crying because, you know. Maybe uh, that was her son. Well, yeah. I, I doubt they would let her be on the jury. <laughs> I don't know how juries work. <laughs> uh, you watch Jury Duty. <laughs> oh, that was a good show. Can we go back to that show? No. Yeah, it, I mean, just the it's it's got to be it's got to take its toll on you. Like yeah. about all these, she could have been crying just because she knew it was over. Yeah, and it was just like this relief that it was over and that she had to hear all these terrible things. I mean, these are just gruesome, terrible ways that that people yeah. die. Yeah, I and, just think that with the with the prosecutor, you're just so uh, you've you just know the history of this. How this guy's just gotten off on, again and again, and you're like, you know, here we go again. He's going to get off for whatever reason, and then he came back guilty. Um, and he got um, I forget what his sentence was, but the the judge did it consecutively so that he basically is going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And it, the thing that baffled me or just kind of blew my mind is as you're watching this, it feels like it's forever ago. The man got convicted in 2005. Yeah, that's not that long. That's less than 20 years it ago. Wasn't that long ago. And they're talking about how, you know, all of this stuff was still the gay panic defense, which is still a legal defense in more than half of the states in this country and just how it just all seemed like shit that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it happened while, you know, George W. Bush was in his second term. 
which feels like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, but and you pointing this out, I hadn't even thought of this. You know, the murders took place before I moved there. Like yeah. the 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 Five Oaks place that closed down I think in 96. Yeah. And I moved there in in 98. Uh but it closed down because people stopped going because they knew that the murder there was this was murderer. There? And so it just kind of lost its audience. But, you know, um, you know, but there were so many piano bars right there in that area. And he yeah. didn't get arrested until 2001. I mean, I lived there from 98 till 2002. Yeah. So he was still on the streets while you and, were living there. Well, going to piano bars, which is all I ever did was go to piano bars. That's crazy. So that's crazy. Um, but anyway, they caught him. And, I, and I'm glad that they did. I, I was really worried that this was going to turn out to be a, an, a cold case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I'm, but I'm glad it did. And I really do like one thing that they get praised for from people is that they really did focus on the victims. Yeah. And their stories and their lives. And they kind of told you, which is kind of how you solve a case, right, is you solve a case through the victims because you mm-hmm. know more about them than you do this unsub. So, it, so I, I thought that that was really interesting. The only thing that I felt lacking in it, that I wish there was something, even if it's just a sentence, but why? Yeah. There's, there's no motive. I, and there's no, there was no like the, the conclusion of the show is the family talking about their loved ones. That's how it ends. Yeah. As, as it should. And that's And great. I get that. Um, but, but, but how about tell us where is this guy dead? Did he die in prison? Is he, he is still, still alive? I did Google this afterwards. He is still alive, still in prison. Um, living out his uh, sentence in prison, right? Which is good. Uh, he got thirty years for the two murders. The, yeah. the only the only cases that have been brought against him are two of the murders. Yeah, the and he last got thirty two, years the first to be two. served consecutively. So plus, um, well, there was well, they're two life sentences, but thirty years each. Yeah, minimum. and there's a couple of other uh, charges that carried like five and ten yeah. year sentences. So bumped up to get together, he's got like a hundred years yeah. that he's supposed to spend in prison. Before he's eligible for parole. So yeah. he's going to die in prison. He's going to die in prison. Where he should. Absolutely. Um, my only thing, and this is the, I've said this since the beginning. Um, I, going into this, I was looking for, um, you know, basically, what do they call it? Murder porn? <laughs> the, the, the serial killer murder spree uh, documentary. And there's just so much added into it. And I get the, the the idea of adding context of what the community was like back then and how people treated gay people then and how that fitted into the murder. Um, and I, I don't know if this is terrible to say, but as somebody who was not directly impacted or, or, or knew any of these victims, I would have liked to know more about the killer and why he did it and, right. and going into that. Because there's, there is, particularly if you know one of the victims, it's like, I don't give a shit who this guy is. I care about the loved one I lost, and I get that. But I feel like people who watch things like this are fascinated by why people are this way. And there wasn't anything about who he was, why he was this way. Um, yeah, and I feel like a little bit of focus on – like the epi- the last episode I thought was going to be solely on here's who this guy was and this is why he did it. Yeah, I didn't get it really that. focused on the first guy. Do you, it, it doesn't even talk about whether that guy, the first person killed, was he gay? The first they never, oh in the back in the seventies no they don't go they into don't detail about that they didn't go into a whole lot of detail about his early this is terrible to say his early work before yeah. he the the New York City killings yeah and so 
it's just I, I I don't know if I would say so much of that people are fascinated with, but I think as we talked about the difference between European movies and American made movies, yeah. we want closure yeah. in them. And so I think that you don't get that without knowing without somehow saying why, reasoning why. I mean yeah. I think even in 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 when there's mass murders or mass shootings, you want to know why did you do this? Yeah. Why did you pick yeah. this place? Why did you do it on this day? So I you- think, and this is more, it was a, a dramatic narrative telling of it, but I feel like that uh, last year when um, that Ryan Murphy uh, mini series on Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. um, with uh, Evan Peter, Evan Peters, um, they did a really nice balance of, Focusing who are the victims, who are these people that he impacted, but also kind of delving into who he was, why he did what he did. And not that we're looking for excuses why he did, but I think it's just human nature to understand how a human could to get to that point that you devalue human life like that. Yeah, and you want to make sense of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know and whatever, whatever the ugly truth is, you just want to know what the what. The, and they did not. They didn't do that in this. And, no, and it's like. You know, what it makes me want to do is research because I want to know why. Yeah. And I think one of the victims that this this series, because it's based off of a book. I wonder if they go a little more into it in the book. You read it and tell me because I'm (laughs) not going to waste my time reading the book if it's not. But I I mean, I feel like even one of the victims family members said, why did you like, why did he pick my. Yeah. My my dad. And that's the other thing. I mean, I think that speaks into that victim part of it uh, that they wanted to focus on is. You don't have to go into the backstory of the killer, but why did he pick these certain people? Was it just random? Right. Because they didn't really go into whether he'd randomly pick them if he had been scouting them out for for a while and knew that they came to these bars alone. They didn't go into the backstory of why he did to did what he did to these people, and I would have liked more of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but let's see here. So there is a there's Rotten Tomatoes on it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I will give you a hint. Per episode or for the whole series? For the whole series. Okay. I am shocked at the results. Is there an audience or just critics? It's critics and audience. Ooh. Oh, you threw me off with the I'm shocked. So I'm just going to give you what I personally thought, what I think that they would be, just because there was a lot I think that they left off. Um, but all in whole, I thought the series was good. So I'm going to say audiences, probably along the same lines as me, gave it, um, I'll say, an 82. And I will say critics, and I feel like critics probably liked it more than audiences. So I'll say critics were 84. I'm going to tell you that the critics did like it more than the audience. Like, by a lot? And I'm gonna, yeah, by a lot. Oh. And I'm going to tell you that the audience was 90. The audience was 90? Then the, what, with the critics 100? Yes. How many reviews were the? Because here's the thing with Rotten Tomatoes, it's aggregated for for how many people reviewed it. So, a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes might be f- four reviewers. I feel like it's more than four. Uh, I, it might be the director and his mother. <laughs> now, it, uh, <laughs> I think it was fourteen. Oh. I, I, something I read was 14. Not last week. What is? I was writing Rotten Tomatoes last week with John Oliver. <laughs> last call. I missed that show. God. Can we fi- end this strike? Fix the strike. Fix it. Don't be so greedy, corporate America. I know, right? Give the people what they deserve and get, get my shows back on. Oh, well, this isn't it. Oh, that's a different. That's not last call. 
What is the name of the show? Last Call. Last Call. Uh, when a serial killer stalked. There we go. Thirteen for critics. Less than fifty ratings from the audience. Yeah, that's not a consensus enough for me. We're gonna have to check back <laughs> in on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll give it a few weeks and see. Um, speaking of a couple of weeks, this is going to be a really, um, yeah, let's talk about some exciting things that are coming up because yeah, I don't this is going to be a really murder. good month. Um, not only we, we, I don't know if you went back and rewatched it, but the new season of Heartstopper comes out on Thursday and I went back and rewatched the first season just to kind of get myself all the feels. Up. Um, uh, I loved that season. Um, there were a couple of people in the particular first season. I'm like, do better. Um, one of them being Tao. I here's what I understand about things like this is, and it's not just gay romantic comedies, but there's always there's this thing with romantic comedies where there's this person who it's either somebody who has um um un uh, undealt with feelings for the protagonist, or it's somebody who feels like there's too much change. But Tao in this in the first season drove me up a wall because. He was having a good time, you know, living his life to the best uh, that he wants to, but then would bitch about Nick. And I was like, it annoyed me through the whole season. I think it was that everything was changing. Grow and, up. Well, it, he, child. He will. And he is a child and he will grow up one day, but just doesn't have to do so in high school. But he's just, I mean, I was in high school and it's like, I feel like that he was just like over the top whiny in a lot of the episodes well i mean i think that it's the same way that joey tribbiani reacted when rachel was going to paris i didn't care for that shit (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh just real quick heart stoppers is this coming of age british sitcom uh about this this just unlike unlikely couple of like this sort of lanky yeah, gay very scrawny gay kid who falls in who who befriends and then falls in love with uh, a rugby player. Yes, and they become really good friends, and it evolves into this um, romantic relationship. And it is the most endearing, absolutely adorable, adorable love story. It's it's the way that it's created is there's like these little drawings on the screen yeah. too. Like it, like there's a scene where they bump. Uh, each other as they're passing in the hallway and this is before anything happens like they're just friends and then he bumps into them in the hallway and then little hearts start flying yeah. above and like and little sparks are flying when their fingers touch and stuff it's, 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 it's adorable totally cute. And, it, and what's so great about it is that it's not based in trauma yeah i mean bad things can happen like the the, the kid who stars in it he's in a sort of like secretive relationship with this other guy in school yeah. where the guy's like, don't talk to me outside of here, but then pulls him into a locker room and makes out with him and then says, no, don't talk to me anymore. And it's sort of this, it's a terrible relationship for him to be in, but he just becomes empowered to say, this isn't working for me. And then befriends this guy. And it's like, it's just based it off of pure. I yeah. I like that. It's two different types of, of what we're used to seeing. So you've got Nick who is the, I don't know what my identity is, and it's his coming out story. And we're, we we have a lot of coming out stories. And you're right. A lot of them are based in trauma, coming out in trauma. And then you've got Charlie, who is out already, and he's, you know, he's dealing with a lot of shit, but he's still, you know, out and proud. And it's dealing with the relationship between the two of them. And then they're his friends group and, you know, 
um, L, who uh, is trans and and goes to this all girl school. Uh, it's her first year coming out as trans that she's allowed to go to an all girl school, and she meets befriends this lesbian couple. So it's all these different layers of different identities within the LGBTQ. Yeah, and then um, and Tao. <clears throat> Tao, who who's is in, who's is, friends with L, yeah, um, and then they've been friends, yeah. and then L transitions. It's Tao, L, Charlie, and Isaac have been this friend yeah. core group. But in L transitions, and then Tao starts to develop yeah. feelings. They start for to L. develop feelings so for they each develop other. Feelings for each other. So there's that element of it as well, and it's just so it's so well done. It's so exciting to watch. It's something that. Uh, it, it, it's one of those things I don't often sit back and say, oh, I wish that my life was like this when I was yeah. a kid. But my God, I wish I had this show when I was a kid. Yeah. And I just think it's I think it's beautiful. And I this love show did something um, uh, a couple of years ago. Love, Simon came out. And this show, I'm developing in my head this collection of um, television and movie moms um, that I will direct. If anybody says, my child might be gay and I don't know how to respond, I'm going to direct them to this because um, – Jennifer Gardner from Love Simon um, is uh, just an amazing uh, parent in Love Simon to Simon, and uh, Olivia Coleman is the same way. She's uh, a great actress, Academy Award winner. She's the mother of Nick in this, and um, she's amazing. And at the end, when Nick comes out to her that he's bisexual, um, she just the, her response is how, what I want to send to parents who don't know how to respond when their kids um, feel they might be different. Um, and she's just, I love her so much. And anything she's in uh, is fantastic. And I can't wait for the second season. And it's on Netflix. So it's not like one of the bullshit things that like Disney Plus or Max does where you have to wait one episode a week. We're going to get to watch the whole damn thing this weekend, which I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's um, exciting. Also, the week after that is uh, Red, White, Royal Blue, which is based on a book that I am obsessed with. Um, so that's coming up as well uh, that I cannot wait to yeah, talk so about. So make sure you check those things out and listen next time, and we'll talk about all of them. If you have anything you'd like to, to say to us about this episode, you can email us at wwn at watermarkonline.com. Yes, and until then, the cork is back in the bottle.